Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Right up front, let me announce, because of President's Day, there is no trial, no testimony going on in the Murdoch double murder trial in South Carolina. You're not missing a thing. We would never do that to you. But let me take this opportunity to tell you about a beautiful young girl, Keeslin. How can an absolutely stunning 20-year-old girl seemingly vanish into thin air and what clues were left behind. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. I'm talking about this girl whose smile, I'm looking at a picture right now, kind of an over-the-shoulder look. She had these beautiful blue eyes and this bright, bright smile. I can't make it out exactly, but it looks like she's got at least one dimple on her right cheek. And not just that she's physically beautiful, but just the joy, the love of life, it's just beaming out of her face. So how does someone so alive and full of vitality just disappear without a blip on the screen? And how is her family dealing with the disappearance of their only child? I'm talking about Keeslin Noel Roberts. 
Again, thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation Series XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our friends at WRCB. She had so many dreams. She wanted to be a marine biologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she got detoured. I think the answers will come out uh, on the people that's involved. We just don't understand exactly you know, what happened, you know, just... Where it, went wrong. Just, where it went wrong. Eastland was last known to be at the Flying J truck stop in Resaca, Georgia. That's where police found her car. Inside were her keys, her book bag, and her wallet, but she was nowhere to be found. The Roberts told their only child they love her the last time they saw her. She was last seen a week later at the Flying J truck stop off I-75 in Gordon County. That's where her family found her car and most of her belongings. And I'm still hoping and that, that there's a chance that she's alive out there somewhere. I don't know the situation. I don't, you know, we don't know, but I, I can't help, but I, I can't give up. Joining us today are Keeslin Noel's mother and father desperately seeking help. The tip line is 706-624-1424. Repeat, 706-624-1424. There is a reward in the search for Keeslin Noel Roberts. I want to go out first to the parents of Keeslin and Liam Collins joining us from Local 3. I'll, I'll get right back to you, Liam. Eric and Shannon Roberts with us. Miss Roberts, when was it that it first dawned on you that Keeslin Noel was missing? Um, well, it was that Monday. Um, after that Saturday, she was laughing at the Flying Jane. Um, she hadn't responded. There was a certain time she wouldn't respond back to us, but she hadn't responded back since like maybe that Thursday. And we gave it a few days and then by Monday, she wasn't responding, and um, Herrick went tried to go looking for her during the day. Um, and uh, that's when that all came about, that he found her car down at the Flying J um, back then. And then um, we, you know, went from there um, following a missing person report on her. Let me ask you, when you, you, you said that you heard from her on Friday, and then when was it you texted her again and say, hey, where are you? Uh, on Saturday. Saturday, yeah. the very next day. Now, did Keeslin normally text or call every day? No, not every day. Mm-mm. How no. often? She'd always, she'd always respond to our texts. Yeah, she would eventually respond to them. Sometimes she didn't have Wi-Fi on her phone. Right. Um, and stuff. And so it would take, you know, sometimes when she was in an area to be able to get some Wi-Fi to respond back to us. But you know, she would eventually end up responding back to our attacks, even if it took a few days. You know, um, that's very interesting that you said that, to hear the both of you talking. You're hearing Keeslin Noel parents, Eric and Shannon speaking, and, and what they're saying. And I want to go quickly out to Dr. Angela Arnold joining me. She's a renowned psychiatrist out of it, the Atlanta jurisdiction at AngelaArnoldMD.com. And she specializes in women. Uh, Dr. Angie, thank you for being with us. You know, it's so interesting that Eric says, Mr. Roberts says, she'd always respond to texts. It's, you can tell so much about actually a timeline 
based on human behavior. It's called right. routine evidence. And when I say routine evidence, I don't mean standard, normal evidence. I mean evidence of routine. Because with my two children, my son, John David, will respond back no matter what. Even if he's in school and they're not supposed to have their phones out at school, he'll text back between classes when he's walking to his next class. Never fails. My daughter, she may never respond. That's why I have Life360 on her, on everybody. So Lucy is just not concerned at all with her phone. So she may or may not respond. If she doesn't respond, I'm not worried. If he doesn't respond... I'm worried. Well, and you know, Nancy, we've talked about this several times on your show in the past. We also even look at how people respond. We all know how each one of us responds in different ways. We know what emojis we use and everything. So not only is it a timing thing, we can tell who's responding to us through our phone. And it's so important to look at the patterns of people's behavior. You know, that's interesting that you said that because, for instance, here in the studio with me is Jackie. She writes full, complete sentences and paragraphs. And I've been trying to break her of that for a really long time because I like to write back one letter, like Y or N or question mark. That's so interesting you said that. To Eric Roberts, this is Keisla Noel's dad, Eric, you said that she would always respond unless, as your wife Shannon points out, she's out of Wi-Fi. I mean, she she can't get service. And in that neck of the woods, there are a lot of areas where there's no service. I know exactly where you're talking about. So, Eric, would she text back or would she call back, typically? She'd always text me. I mean, yeah, she would text me, too. Yeah, it was, she was very seldom she'd no, call. She was that new gen, generation where text was the new You're so right. Let me go to Chris Byers joining me, former police chief of Johns Creek, 25 years on the force, now a private investigator and polygrapher at Lancaster Informations. So LancasterServices.com. Chris, when he just said that again, I've got another epiphany. It's generational. You know, there's no way my mom, you know, my mom is 91 and lives with us. There's no way she's going to start texting, although she does try. And she wants me to send her pictures all the time, uh, even though she's just at the other end of the house. But she does not hesitate to pick up the cell phone. But I and my children and my husband, we all just want to text it, whatever it may be, because it's faster. So that is interesting that he's saying she always texts. She always texts back. It might take a couple of hours. And guys, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm talking about a timeline. That's what I'm talking about. Jump in, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, too, have a 91-year-old father, and uh, there's no texting with him. It's definitely, you know, his generation is answering the phone. Um, but, yes, it's it's so important for seeing uh, these timelines with the text and how quick they're responded to. Um, and, of course, like you said, this generation is all about texting. I prefer it myself, too, because it is so quick and efficient. And I'm just thinking about what they're telling me as it relates to the timeline. To Eric Roberts and Miss Shannon Roberts, this is Kiesland Noel's mom and dad, and they are desperate for help today. I found their case on Twitter. They're desperate. They're reaching out on social media for anybody to help them. And by Lord in heaven, we are going to help them. 
And I want you to join us. The tip line 706-624-1424 because I've got no doubt in my mind someone knows what happened to and or where is Keesland Noel. They know. And there's a reward. A big reward. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Eric Roberts, you're saying that she always texted back. So when you, did you speak to her or text her on Friday? You or Shannon? Text. You texted. And was it you, Shannon? Yes, it was. Yes. What, what did you text her about? Um, I was just asking her if she was okay. You know, um, you know, and I just always like to check on her to, you know. Where was she living? She was staying, um, in Murray County uh, with a friend uh, and and his mom um, over there. Um, and she was staying there during that week. Um, so, you know, I just always like to, to text her and check on her. And, and how far away was that from home? Uh, just about maybe 15, 20 minutes. So just 15 minutes away. You know, it's just striking me. Uh, James Shelnut joining us. Liam Collins, don't give up on me. I'll be right with you. And hey, everybody, again, this is not high tea at Windsor Castle with now King Charles. Jump in. All right. If you have an idea that crosses your mind as we're talking uh, and Shellnut, 27 years Metro Major case, former SWAT, now lawyer with the ShellnutLawFirm.com. James, this is exactly how we work up cases. 
I would typically just sit around with my investigator and maybe my bestie, Al, in the office, and we'd go round and round about what about this and what about that. Um, James, have you ever seen the missing person is 15 minutes away, living 20 minutes away, but now they're, the Lord only knows where that 15 minutes has turned into weeks and months and we can't find Kiesland. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I think that this is a, this is not an uncommon scenario at all. Uh, and it's particularly bothersome in this case because she was so close. I mean, that probably gave, uh, Eric and Shannon a sense of security that she wasn't several states away, that she was just right down the road. Right down the road. Okay. You know what? I talk to the twins all the time. I, I pray I get them through high school and then they go to college and I'm always worried. Well, when we get to that point, will they be far away? How can I help take care of them? To think that she could be far away right now. That's got to just send you over the edge, Shannon Roberts. Yes, it does. I mean, do you think about it? Do you dream about her? Oh, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Like what? What do you dream about? I dream about her being home already and us um, finding her. And um, I'm just holding on to that hope that we can bring her back home safely soon, whatever the situation you know, is. Miss Roberts, when you dream about her being back home, what specifically is it that you dream? Well... I have ended up um, dreaming that um, we have found her, and um, there was one dream that we was waiting to go to a facility to to see her, and uh, she'd been found, and that we were going to get to bring her back home. And then there was another one. It was just I don't just out of the blue. She was already back home with us, you know, and it was just so good to have her, and I was hugging her, and just oh, it was just. So nice for her to be back home and to be back with us again. And and then I just wake up and then it just seems so real. But then I realize it's not. What happened the day that Kiesland Noel seemingly vanished into thin air? Take a listen to our friends at CrimeOnline.com. When Kiesland Roberts misses a very important appointment, her father gets a call asking if he knows where she is. He had been texting with her, so he went to where she was staying, but Keeslin wasn't home. As he's walking away, Keeslin's boyfriend says, I haven't seen her, but her car is parked at the Flying J truck stop. Mr. Roberts immediately knows this is not normal behavior for his daughter, and he heads over to the Flying J truck stop where he finds her car in the parking lot, locked. Mr. Roberts immediately calls police. His daughter is missing. Straight out to Eric Roberts. This is Keeslin's dad. Mr. Roberts, I'm trying to figure out what spurred you, and I'm putting myself in your shoes, so correct me if I'm wrong. You get called by her acquaintance going, hey, we had an appointment. She didn't show up. At that moment, what went through your mind? Not that something bad had happened. Maybe her car broke down a while. So, you know, uh, I go to the location where I know she he was saying. And which Flying J was this? This truck stop was at Resaca, Georgia. Yep. Um, the thing is, is I own a trucking company, so and I used to drive trucks, so I know what goes on in these parking lots. Um, they're not good things. Most of them are bad, but because um, they're not monitored. They're not monitored by law enforcement. But now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I hear you. I, I mean, I would not 
if I could help it stop at a truck stop on the side of the road. But this uh, Flying J is more like a travel center. There's a Denny's. Yeah. Well, there are also showers for truckers. But there are restaurants around there. It's not just overnight truckers stopping there. And you don't know where they're coming from or where they're going. So what more can you tell me about it? It's just peculiar for her to be there. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have no, at that time, I had no reasoning why she would be at that location or her car would be abandoned there at that location. Let's find out about it. Joining me from Local 3 News, Liam Collins. Tell me about that area. Is Would, would you be afraid for, let's just say, your little sister or your 20-year-old sister to go to that truck stop? It's more like it, it builds itself as a travel center. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very high traveling um, area and it, it, interesting. It's I mean, uh, within um, you can throw a rock to the highway. OK, l- l- hold on. Let me just cut through, cut to the chase. Liam, have you ever heard of Bucky's? Yes. OK, people for miles and miles and miles around want to go to Bucky's and it is a travel center, but it's more like a Walmart um, Cracker Barrel, gas station. It's huge, and people love. What is it they love, Jackie? That's so good there. The barbecue or the wings. Nuggets. Nugget. Bucky Nuggets. Okay, people will go there. It's a destination. Now that's a lot different from a truck stop on the side of the interstate where you see like ten, eighteen wheelers and it's dark and scary looking. So which one? Is the Flying J? Is it more like Bucky's, where you see families going in to get the what, Bucky Nuggets, or is it the scary truck stop on the interstate? I mean, I would say, um, you know, it's definitely an area that is very transient. Um, you know, a lot of people coming in and out, and you know, needing gas right off I seventy five on long trips, and that's where they go. Okay, guys, I'm bringing in an unexpected guest. Jackie has been to the Flying J. Tell me. I often stop at that Flying J. It is literally right off the interstate. You could just about throw a stone to get there. Um, Stopping during the day, I have never felt that there was an issue. There's usually, obviously, lots of truckers around, but I never felt unsafe. I stopped one time late in the evening and knew that I would never do that again. Liam Collins joining me from Local 3 News. Liam, where exactly is the Flying J? Is it off the interstate? Can you see it from the interstate? Would only a local know how to get there? Oh, it's right off the interstate. I mean, you can't miss it if you're driving either direction ah. on 75. Um, it's, I mean, a, a hundred, uh, maybe a couple yards at most. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I was just listening to, I think, Jackie talk about that. And um, just a few weeks, actually, before I learned about Keith Lynn's case, um, I have a colleague here who, um, who was uh, from the area at the time, and we were on a completely different story around the area, and we drove past that truck stop. Um, and she said something in passing about, oh, you know, that's, um, you know, a suspicious area. That's, you know, an area that um, that, you know, is well known in the, in the area as a place for people to, you know, kind of feel a little uneasy, you know, has a kind of a bizarre reputation. Um, and then a couple weeks later, I heard about, um, about, um, you know, I saw. Well, hey, you know what? I'm glad you said that way. Liam Collins, don't hold back. You're on Crime Stories. Mm-hmm. It will be a cold day in H-E-double-L that I pull over at a truck stop with the twins of the interstate variety where there's not a lot of people, um, it looks 
empty except for truckers that are staying overnight. And what scares me is, as my aunt also ran a trucking company, by the way, so uh, this is not about truckers who have helped me crack a lot of cases. This is about the transitory, transient nature of a truck stop. You don't know who's pulling in and who's leaving. Or if they've got somebody in the in the truck with them that doesn't want to be there. That's what I'm talking about. So the minute Mr. Roberts sees his daughter's car there, he's like, whoa, whoa, this is not where Keesla Noel would be or leave her car. And what is very disturbing to me, Eric Roberts, is that her belongings were in the car. Tell me about that. Yeah, some, of her, some of her clothing was in the car. Some of her clothing? Yeah, some of her clothing and trash bags were in the car. And other things. Take a listen to our friend Dave Mack. On January 18th, Gordon County deputies responded to a 911 call at the Flying J truck stop in Resaca concerning a female. However, by the time deputies arrived, this female dropped a bag in an area of the store that is restricted for employees only. The bag contained a wallet, money, phone charger, and an identification card for the female who fled the store, Keeslin Roberts. Two days later, on January 20th, Keeslin's car was located in the parking lot of the Flying J truck stop by a family member. Her keys and other personal belongings were in the car, but no sign of Keeslin Roberts. January 18. Gordon County Depths get a 911 call about a woman who races out, dropping a bag inside the store containing a wallet, money, phone charger, and ID card for Keeslin Roberts. And they also say that the woman that ran out of the store was the woman in the ID. Eric, Shannon, what about it? Does this place, Flying J, have surveillance video? Where was she running to? And who does she come upon in that parking lot? The funny thing is, the only cameras they've got is over the uh, fuel pumps. They have none where she is running out the back of the entrance where the truckers come in that direction. There was no cameras in that parking lot uh, for the customer's parking lot or the trucker's parking lot. No lighting at that time was in the trucker parking lot, so it's completely dark. Um, out there. The other curious thing about when I found her vehicle, it was backed into a parking space. Keeslin never has ever backed her car in. You mean Batman style? Yeah. Like, so you just like tear out of there. Yes. Yeah, I'm hearing that. And you know how important that is, Dr. Angie? Dr. Angela Arnold, renowned psychiatrist, joining us because people have, again, routines. I back out of the garage every single morning the same way to get the children to school. We have a routine. It's tried and true to get them there on time. I cut through the same parking lot every morning to get them there on time. And that's interesting that dad would know that she would never reverse into a parking spot. That means somebody else did it. That's right. And Nancy, these are clues that are so important. That means that means in all likelihood somebody moved her car after she was away from her car. So there's somebody out there that knows there was an interim when something happened and there's somebody out there who knows. Absolutely. And again, another thing that concerns me, and I'm gonna to go to Chris Myers on this, former police chief Johns Creek and polygrapher 
at Lancaster Services. Chris, this is bringing back a memory of Dylan and Shasta Groney. And you and I have talked about this case before. They were two little children from Coeur d'Alene. And that is very, very an unpopulated area. Yet a guy on the interstate happens to look off and see the little girl at a distance jumping on a trampoline. No, at an uh, outdoor pool. Jackie, wasn't it an above-ground pool? Yes, above-ground. Yeah, he pulls off, has no connection to the family, lays in wait for them to go to sleep that night, kills the whole family, and takes the girl and the boy, and ends up killing the boy. Shasta survived. What I'm saying is, if it hadn't been for that interstate, that would not have happened. Now, this Flying J is right there by the interstate, Chris Byers. Yes, it is. It's right off of I-75. And if you look, I'm looking right now at the aerial view uh, around it. And um, oddly enough, the sheriff's department is pretty close down the road there. But everything else is just completely just, it looks like wooded areas, parks, uh, rivers. So very unpopulated. You know, one of the questions that I've got looking at this timeline with the car, she was last seen on January 18th. A uh, car was discovered, I believe, uh, from what Mr. Roberts said on the 20th. I mean, what efforts have been made to see if that car from the 18th to the 20th, or did it arrive back there? I mean, I know he said that there's no surveillance video, but one thing about truckers, uh, most of them run the same routines. They run the same routes day in and day out. So it wouldn't take a whole lot to do some canvassing in the area, talking to the different truckers there about how long, or even the employees there, how long has that car sitting uh, was it there from the 18th, or did it reappear uh, after she was seen leaving the Flying J? So there's a huge question. Or there. certainly the employees at yeah. the Flying J. That's a really good point, Chris Byers. Let me go out to Eric and Shannon. Number one, did the car sit there for those two days, 18 to 20? As, as far as I know, it did. Now, when, like yeah. I said, when I went down there to the car, I'm 99% sure when I got in the car to load it up on my trailer to bring it out because um, I might have had to slide the seat back one click. But with Keeson being, you know, five, four, five, six, you know, I'd have had to slide it back further than that. And that is such a common experience. And I'll tell you when that came into play in a very high profile case, um, the case of Tara Grinstead. Just a beauty queen turned teacher working on her master's goes missing. I went and investigated her home. Everything was perfect. It was like out of a magazine, like a little jewel box of a home. Not one thing out of place except I noticed that there was a broken strand of pearls, a necklace. A part of a necklace was on the floor. Her Something in her room was askew. A lamp was askew. And her car, you know those neatniks that keep their car brand new and it smells new, everything looks perfect? Her seat was pushed back and there was mud along both sides of her car. And I knew right then, mm-mm, she did not, she's not the last one to drive her car. She would never have brought it home that way. And now Keys Noel's dad is saying that car seat wasn't right. How many times, this is a common thing, how many times have you gotten in your car to drive and the car has been pushed back, usually by my husband, and he leaves it that way. I have to change all the mirrors, the car, the every, the car seat, the everything, if he's been in there. That is a common occurrence. So someone else had been in that car. I'm, I'm also curious, 
Eric or Shannon. Shannon, was her cell phone also in the car? No, that's one thing that we've not been able to find. Well, do you know if the police have tried to triangulate where it was last used? No, they've not done not that. Really. That's the only not thing we've got. Why? That, that time passed too, you know. Wait, 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 wait. I don't care if time passed. Shellnut, that doesn't matter if time has passed. The yeah. law enforcement tell them they don't have enough evidence to get a warrant to get the judge sign off to get it uh, sent to her uh, cellular phone network company. Who paid the cell phone bill? She did. It was prepaid phone. What uh, agency is this? Uh, Murray County. They're saying after this much time she's been missing, they don't have enough PC probable cause to get a warrant. To ping her phone? Yeah. Uh, okay. Shellnut, help me, man. It is ridiculous. Listen, this girl has been missing for now going on three years, and you say you don't have the evidence to get this? There's a crime that's been committed. As a matter of fact, you know, five days after, a week after, you know, maybe you start to get there. Three years after, you're there. It is easy to get this information. This information should have been preserved. That should have been one of the first things that they did is find out who her carrier was from her parents and then reach out to them. They have an entire department dedicated to preserving this data. It takes one letter and a law enforcement subpoena to get this data. Jackie, look up who is the elected sheriff and his phone number and his email address quickly. Not enough PC for a search warrant. When I first reported her missing, when the two deputies from Gordon County showed up, I asked him, can you not ping her phone? And that's when he comes back. Well, my sergeant tells me you got to go to Murray County to file missing person for because that's where she lives. Who's in charge of this, Murray or Gordon County? Murray County is assisting. GBI has taken over. But I cannot contact the GBI agent that's handling the case will not respond to me. Who is that? Adam Jones. Adam Jones. stories with nancy grace if you're as upset about this as i am along with keeslin noel's parents this is the way to hopefully get some action the local sheriff is jimmy davenport phone number 706-695-4592 now i'm going to need also jackie an email address so uh, let me get that. But again, that phone number is 706-695-4592. And Sydney, when we get off the air, if you could call and ask what's happening in the case, because I'm very curious. And if you could get me Adam Jones information as well, Jackie. Guys, in the midst of all this confusion, a wrench is thrown into the investigation. Take a listen to our Cut 9. This is from WRCB. They believe her disappearance may be linked to a young man who went missing from the same truck stop around the same time. He was found dead a few miles away, but police say the cases are unrelated. I mean, distress, just all this, it just builds up on you, and it just, you know, it's overwhelming. The people that last seen her last, they know more than what they're telling us. Uh, I will not rest till justice is done. The Roberts aren't letting Keeslin's case go cold. They're offering a $25,000 reward for information, anything to bring their daughter home, still after all this time. 
we love her so much and we miss her so much and we just want her home. We want her safely back home. Just hearing the pain in their voices, wanting their only child back home. And there's an update on that reward. Take a listen to our cut 10. This is Justin Wilson. The parents of Keeslin Roberts told me they're fighting harder than ever to find her. We've got to have closure. One way or the other. Whatever the outcome is, we've, we've got to have closure for our uh, sanity. They've increased the reward in Keeslin's case to $50,000. Almost all of that will come out of their own pockets if someone out there can help solve the case. I wish just somebody would come forward. There is a $50,000 reward for everyone listening. If you know anything that can help us find Keesland Noel Roberts, there is a $50,000 reward. You want 50 grand? Because I do. If you have information on Keesland Noel, please contact 706-624-1424. Now, let me ask you, Liam Collins joining us from Local 3 News. Liam, what can you tell me about the young man who was found dead just a few miles away? Cops say completely unrelated. Is it unrelated? Um, that's what police um, have shared with me so far. Um, everything that I've seen on the record from from officers that said that these are two completely different situations. Um, I mean, just from a reporter's perspective, you know, talking to um, Eric and Shannon about this situation. I mean, within the matter of a couple of days from the same truck stop. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine that the police, you know, have at least looked into it. And, you know, it, it's at, at the very least, it's a very, very, very bizarre coincidence. And you know what? I typically do not believe in coincidence in criminal law. Shell nut, what about it? Nancy, it's not just that he went missing from the same place. It's that his car was backed in one or two spaces from where her car was backed in at the same location. How can that be unrelated? That's just too coincidental. Eric Roberts, Shannon Roberts, do you believe the other young man's death is connected in some way? I have a feeling that it is in some some way. I just don't understand. Not enough. I'm still hung up on not enough PC to get a search warrant for the last ping on the phone. Guys, have you tried to call her cell phone? Here's the funny thing. Yeah. Her, phone call, her cell phone called me one night. When was that? About May. At May of 2020. So when they call, it, you know, all I could hear was like two kids playing in the background and it turned off. So I started texting at Keeslin, 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 no response. But the next morning, Saturday morning, they call again. But the first night I called Murray County, I said, my daughter's phone just called me. I need it pinged. What well, pinged on 7th Street in Dalton, Georgia, which is a bad area. And it pinged again there Saturday morning when she they called back. There again, all they go over there, just knock on the door, say, you know, it's Keeslin here. And they don't try to find the phone that was calling me. They did not ever ping her phone. We kept on and on them after she went missing. And we finally got her phone record. Okay. Um, there was some interesting stuff on there that we found. The week after she went missing, um, there was um, two different phone calls made from her phone, and um, they were like being transferred to like a voicemail. And there was a little bit of talk time there. And we, our, our private investigator, uh, Shane Burnett, um, he had ended up searching and found out the person's name that that first phone call was made. 
to was a Deborah Quinn. And he ended up talking to her, and she lived down there around near Atlanta. I can't remember exactly the area. Augusta. Augusta, I think it was. And he talked to her, and he said, you know, was asking her if she knew Keithlin, and she said, no, she doesn't know of a girl named Keithlin. And um, so um, she said that she was doing a Bernie Sanders campaign, and she said she could be on that list. Maybe there were some people helping, She, you know, and um, so she couldn't find her name. So... Um, she said, I really don't know. I can't help you. So then um, the other phone call he had found, there was a lady. Um, her name was, um, I can't think of her name right now, but she actually lived over here in uh, in Dalton off Bethel Church Road. And um, he ended up calling her, and she said she didn't know Keithlin. So that was really strange that those two phone calls were made from her phone after she went missing. Which really corroborates her calling you. Somebody, either her or someone else, is calling from her phone. Yeah, and right after she went missing, yeah. And I think it was like at the end of January, like, it was actually after that that girl that told us that she gave Keith a ride and had seen her. That was that uh, Friday night, early Saturday morning after she was last seen, but then that next week towards the end of January, like January the 28th and 30th, it was something like that. Is there anything else that we have left out? I think this is, uh, you know, when the cops kept on giving excuses, they couldn't get phone records or they didn't know uh, how to word the warrant to AT&T. You know, when she first went missing, Shannon got a relative that worked at AT&T in Atlanta in that apartment where they received warrants and to get information to law enforcement. And I gave them that contact, but they never did contact him on how things should be worded when it comes into their office. So I gave them an end to word everything correctly, but that was the excuse every time I asked for, why can't you get this? Well, we got to, you know, got to get it worded right. Well, I gave them opportunities to uh, an end to get it worded right, but they would never contact him. I, I, I'm confounded by what is not being done in this case to find Keesland. Take a listen to our friends at WSB. Somebody knows something. Yeah, I mean, we want um, the truth. The truth about what happened to Keesland in January of 2020 when she vanished from a truck stop in Gordon County. Only her car and some clothes were found. Her father told me he believes she's no longer alive. It's the total we, we've not changed her room. Her room is still mm-hmm, the same. No. The family also started a Facebook page dedicated to her case and hired private investigators that Keesland's parents say are providing leads to the GBI. What can you tell me, either Eric or Shannon, Mr. and Mrs. Roberts, what has the PI uncovered? It's mostly, uh, you know, people calling us and giving us information. It's, um, some of it, We've found to be true. Some of it's not. Has anybody said they've seen her? We've got one person said that she says that she gave her a ride one day. And it was after she went missing, like the week after. Do you believe her? I mean, I hesitate because, you know, it's been so long. But there again, she's saying details about other stuff that Keeson told her that. That seems real. Yes. Yeah. Guys, again. Take a listen to our friends at WSB. Keeslin would turn 23 years old later this month, and her mother's holding on to hope that she'll someday celebrate another birthday at home. Very, very hard not knowing where your child's at and not seeing them in this length of time. You know, 
not hearing their voice, not seeing them. Oh my goodness, it's just unimaginable. And the GBI also asking anyone with information in this case to please come forward. The number here is 1-800-597-TIPS. Let me give you that number again. 1-800-597-TIPS. 1-800-597-TIPS on your phone dial. And also, you can go online on Facebook at Finding Keeslin. At Finding Keesland, there is a, a GoFundMe as well. Please help us bring Keesland home and give her parents peace. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner.